and Brit. Fred and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. It's our uh, one last chance for the week to get it right, and uh, we'll we'll do our best here. All right. And yes, it is true that uh, inflation, inflation, inflation is the uh, number one Marsha, Marsha, Marsha issue in in America. But the dollar fifty Costco soft drink deal stands no matter what they will they will cut everything okay there'll be nothing left in there to buy that, that's it nothing nothing but it'll just be a hot dog and they're staying staying with it is it truly a lost leader do they do they just like don't, don't care I bet it's not they, they you know make money? hot dogs are anyway they can still yeah, yeah. and, and uh uh, and and you remember the, been the, it's been the price for 40 years. They've never changed it for 40 years. Do you remember the, the Clark Howard story with him and Neil Bortz? No. Down, uh, I think they were down in Naples. Anyway, they're down in Florida. Oh, yeah, they were down in Naples because, of course, Neil had the house down there. And he goes, Clark, I want you to come to lunch at my club. And, of course, it's a country club. And they go there and they have a delicious you know, pasta or whatever you have and shit like that. Gee, I can't figure out where this is going. <laughs> and Clark goes, well, I want you to come to my club tomorrow. And, of course, Neil's like, I don't know. He doesn't live down here. What are you talking about? So he takes him to Costco and he gets him the buck fifty hot dog and, you know, maybe the, the $3 slice of pizza or whatever that <laughs> You know, it, w- it actually would have been better if it would have actually gone to Sam's Club, <laughs> a real club. <laughs> That's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, b- by the way, you know, there's uh, a million little indicators that people have about inflation. You know, this has gone up this much since then. This is, and you know what turns out long term? It's hard to believe, but it's true. Long term. To be something, it's an everyday item that has tracked inflation just about perfectly since, well, we'll go back to 1980, okay? 1980. It's a good good slice. Right. And the answer is the price of a first-class postage stamp. In in 1980, first-class postage was 20 cents. Uh, It is, I think, 58 right now. I think it's about to go to 60. They're going to put it at 60. So that's a 200% rise in 40 years, right? right? Um, the consumer price index, uh, the normal measure of it is up about 214% since 1980. It's pretty interesting because everybody thinks, if you, if you just ask somebody off the top of their head, well, what about the pro-? you know, if people actually use the post office or... Oh, the price of stamps, it's so high. I can't believe it. It's so outrageous. I never mail a letter. Any. It's too expensive. I haven't used the post office for years. And the fact is, it's it's a relative bargain. It still is. Yeah. And they're not, they're not gouging. They're not gouging. So. Surprisingly. Now, what, what, what in your life have you noticed has, has jumped outrageously or what in your life have you noticed has kind of held the line better than you might have thought? We were we were doing pretty well for a while um, with the two-liter sodas, I, I feel like. Because you can still get the generic store brand off, and it's still under a buck. But I think in most places it's around 80 cents, 86 cents. 
for a while you could you could count on if you got it on a special you could get like a, a brand name you get your coca-cola your dr pepper you get a, you get a 99 cent two liter and then for a while they'd pop it up to a buck and a quarter now it's it's around 214 215 for a, a two liter soda that thing has exploded recently right. but the, the price on that has always been really all oh, over the road yeah. just depending on on you know what side of the bed <laughs> Mr. Coca-Cola woke up that they'd be, that uh, but I, they'd I, be cute. I get it. Yeah. They'd be cute with you a dollar general and they give you a, a, like a liter for 99 cents, right? They'd start yeah. doing a liter for 99 yeah, cents. Yeah, who would notice the difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a liter is a skinny little bottle. That's the same price as the big fat two. Li- yeah, okay. I assume especially like this time of year, there must be some sort of algorithm or something. During the summertime, they must sell – you know, 60% of their product or something like that. You know, people are drinking soda more and they're outside to go to the beach. They do shit and they're drinking a lot more soda, I would say, between, you know, May and September than they are maybe in the wintertime or something like that. But yeah, right. that thing is, is – now the fountain thing, you know, fountain soda is still cheap as shit and they, they can charge you 99 cents and make well, uh, I, 88 I cents profit on that. Yeah, years ago, Costco used to give you a can of soda and they went to the fountain thing. Now that saves yeah. them a lot of money. It does. That's it. Now, I'm, tell me whether I'm, I'm right or wrong on this, because you consume the product also, I know. I believe that beer has kind of held steady. Right. That has not, it has not gone nuts. You know, I buy that 12-pack that of Modelo, yeah. and it's still 14 bucks. It was 14 bucks two years. It, it, it hasn't, maybe it's up a little bit, and I haven't noticed, but it's not outrageous. You know what went crazy? If you eat cereal, if you're not, oh, if you're a child like I am, and you still buy, <laughs> buy cereal, it's, yeah, it it, it suddenly went up fifty percent, sixty seventy, or just instantly, instantly. But don't they continue and, to try to try to screw on the the size of it too? They try to shave off a couple yeah, ounces. But yeah. It's a double. It's a double. Yeah. It's a smaller package, and it costs more. more. It's everything yeah. you want in inflation, wrapped up <laughs> uh, into one one product. Uh, maybe the most tedious piece of news and reporting and take on inflation is ready, get ready, hold your ears. Are we in a recession or aren't we in a recession? I need to know, is it really a recession or not? What's the definition of a recession? Because if we're in one, I'm going to feel worse. And if we're not in one, I'm not going to feel quite as bad, but it feels like a recession but nobody asked me, but, oh, boy. And, and, and then you find out, well, every recession that has ever happened in the United States is never identified until months after. But it is nobody knows. Nobody know. knows right now. Yeah. It's, it's like the same you- story over and over and over again, and we can't seem to, to get a track on it. And, and right now, I think it's the hardest it's ever been to figure out officially whether this we're seems- in a recession or not. And recession is a broad word if you're going to go by the, the textbook example is in two consecutive quarters of GDP contraction, that means you're in a recession. That fucking doesn't mean shit. And you know that. <laughs> you, you, you know that, that that is the broadest measure of nothingness in people's lives on an individual basis day after day. So please, please stop the madness on, on that one. It's like an it's like an autopsy, but it almost I mean that's almost like the thing you have to ask Democrats if you if they think we're in a recession. You have to ask Republicans if they think Donald Trump lost the election. 
That seems to be like the, the counter to that. Like that, that seems yeah. to be some sort of equivalence. Right. Now I'm a little bit concerned. To, uh, well, uh, I guess there's kind of good news and bad news. The the good news is that when you need him to flip flop, Joe Manchin will flip flop and then flip back again if you're lucky. And this time he did it. Right. They uh, they finally got him to to uh, sign on to a, a, a smaller package of all kinds of things that the president wanted in larger bites. And Manchin back then, when he was fucking over the entire party, was saying, I can't do it. It's too inflationary. It's too much spending. And by by the way, back then, you mean two weeks ago. <laughs> right. And, and now he's saying. Well, not quite two weeks ago, but, you know, a couple months ago. But now he's he's signed on and fully on board with the idea that essentially the same kinds of spending are disinflationary. They will fight inflation. So they have in the classic Washington Orwellian method of naming legislation, I think they're calling this the Fight Inflation Act which just sets you up for cynicism, people shaking their head. I wish they wouldn't call it that. Don't do that. You may may as well call it the, your life is going to be fantastic because we're the Democrats and we're the good guys and they suck act. (laughs) (laughs) We're the good guys and they suck. (laughs) Well, okay. Marketing aside, you have to be happy overall with what happened. And Joe Manchin finally woke up and decided to be sort of a Democrat. You, you have to be happy with that outcome. Well, see, that was always the ultimate defense of him, even in his most frustrating moments. Because remember, it was, well, what do you want? Do you want Joe Manchin doing what he's doing? Or do you want him to switch parties or say, I quit and a Republican instantly gets elected in West Virginia because it's a fucked up state now that doesn't even think about Democrats anymore. Manchin is kind of grandfathered in for various reasons, which we don't have to go into right now. He he's is the last guy. standing Democrat. He's in, a white guy. He's, he's, a, he's a nice, he's a well, nice well, white, white people, Plenty of white people who aren't uh, Democrats. <laughs> but in, I, I understand that, but it, it's part of the, it's part of the, uh, the immunity from criticism. He's a white fellow. He gets to, he gets to kind of do some stuff and be all right with some conservatives. Right. So in this, West Virginia, this this right now is the the uh, you know the payoff for not completely piling on Mansion at the presidential level or Chuck Schumer or any of the other right. uh, top Democrats piling on because uh, you know they, they thought they could get him to come around. He's come around. It's a big fine. win. It's it's now, a big win. Let's not wait, wait. nibble at the end. It's a big win. It's not everything that we wanted, but it's a pretty big deal. Right. This is the best. Guess who's the number one whiner? Well, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham was crying his eyes out. I know about this thing. And then Chuck, I think uh, Mitch Mitch McConnell's pissed off about it. I mean, there's there's Keep a lot going. of people that are. Think of another one right up there in the same same group. Ted there you Cruz, go. Kevin Josh Hawley. I mean, I can Kevin go McCarthy is whining. He, he's <laughs> whining. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I apologize. I know the midterms are coming and you're going to be able to take over pretty soon. Uh, but, you know, it's just not that's not the way things are right now. And the statement that Manchin made, I thought, was really, really interesting. And he, he makes the, he does. He goes on a very long diatribe. He used the word decarbonize, which I think is remarkable for a senator from West Virginia. He's talking about the United States decarbonizing. <laughs> 
as far as, as fossil fuels. That's pretty wild, I think, considering all of the interests that he's been accused of protecting and really has protected. There's a lot of evidence of that. So he's he kind of on board with this whole thing. I, I, I do think, before you get excited over that, that Joe Manchin is capable of saying uh, two things out of all four sides of his mouth uh, at any given moment. But, but okay, the, Brad, take but again, the win. Right, you just take it. You just take, take the it. win, Brad. Take it. It's it's like it's the biggest. They're calling it the biggest climate change action ever done by the United States Congress. I mean, that's right. huge. That's, that's not right. a small thing. I get it. I get it. So good. Good for the uh, good for the Democrats and good for for Joe Biden. Is it just me? Well, Jay noticed it too. Do you think that Joe Biden has a post-COVID bounce in his step? Did you uh, see him yesterday? I didn't see it, no. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I think it lasted one day because I, I saw him earlier today, and he seemed a little bit a little bit tired again. But uh, just – just uh, I wanted to get the I wanted to get the Hannity, the Hannity thing on media. Did you see that? Yes, I did. He is, oh, wait, is, this the, is this the Laura thing or the Hannity thing? It's the Hannity thing because he says, now, this is what they have to tell you because they're pissed off because Joe Biden didn't have to go to the hospital and be pumped of 5,000 experimental drugs, every steroid possible. He made sure, Sean Hannity wants you to know, that Joe Biden recovered from a much weaker strain of COVID than Donald Trump did. <laughs> really? Because as, as you know, if there's anything you can go to the bank on, it's that the Omicron version of the is, is way weaker than, than what we had before. And Sean Hannity, that's a truth teller. When he says something, go to the bank on it. That's Brit. That is too stupid. I think that's, it's that is, not, that is too stupid. I mean, the, the, I, and Biden d- did a good job of, t- of taking a nice little shot at Trump over this the other day. And, uh, you know, he called him my predecessor, you know, how difficult it was for him. And he wasn't saying it because uh, obviously, you know, Trump is a, a load of shit who is more vulnerable to getting really, really sick from any form of of, uh, of COVID because, you know, he's in bad shape and Joe Biden is not in bad shape. Joe Biden is much healthier overall than Donald Trump probably ever was. Um, but you can't forget, no one can forget that video of Trump attempting to walk out of the White House to that helicopter unaided under the I'm a dictator, dictators are always strong and we must look strong no matter what, we are supermen. And he almost died right there walking from the White House to the a helicopter where they got him over to uh, Walter Reed Hospital, where he then had a cache of doctors lie at press conferences day after day because we learned not long after that Trump was a lot sicker than we were ever allowed to know. And then there was that crazy ass tooling around in the back of the was that the uh, the beast, or was that just the, the, the escalator other car, the one that yeah, he, had, he had to wave to his supporters? He had to wave to his supporters again, like a good dictator would. It was a drive by. He did. It, he did a drive by. Right. Proof. Proof of uh, still being alive. I'm surprised that he didn't put out pictures every hour of him holding up the latest newspaper to prove 
<laughs> he, he was still alive. Well, it, it is too stupid to talk about, but it tells you that they're very bothered by this. They're very bothered that it looks like Joe Biden appears to have a stronger immune system and be healthier than Donald Trump, and Donald Trump See, appeared to be on death's That really gets to them. So they're, they're incapable, right? <laughs> this is so far off the track and so impossible in the, the realm of ideas. It is impossible for them to just say, one, we're always glad when a president is in good health and has recovered from an illness. And number two, Joe Biden should have thanked Donald Trump and the Trump administration for pushing Operation Warp Speed and getting the technology up and running so that now, a year and a half, two years later, that people like Joe Biden could be the beneficiary of it. They could have said that. That would have been also petty, but it would have been more realistic. But they can't do that, right? They can't do that. What did Hannity say again? He said, there it is. Uh, Biden recovered from a much, much weaker COVID strain than Trump did. Really? Not that Trump was a massive fat ass with 50 comorbidities, close to diabetes, and that's why he nearly died. No, no, no. uh, Yeah, while we're in the uh, bullshit arena in uh, COVID territory, I'm sure you saw in the last two days, it's there, you'll find it in a second if you haven't seen it, that uh, now the preponderance of evidence based on continuing analysis leads folks to believe in the scientific community that COVID really did start in the Wuhan wet market with animals. I assume there will be all kinds of apologies to Dr. Fauci for attacking him for the last two years for intentionally allowing the processes in China to proceed that resulted in the escape from one of those I guess it's the Anthony Fauci lab in uh, Shanghai, right? With a uh, w- w- with a satellite office in Wuhan, right? They were, they were all in fact blaming Fauci for the whole thing. I assume now, when you and when you read what they're they're saying now, it's really pretty compelling that the origination of the coronavirus uh, did not nec- did not come from a man made laboratory goof-ups or escape or or even intention so where's the where's the apology or in the case of anthony fauci if i can uh quote an old cabinet member i believe this was in uh bush or reagan's cabinet who got run out on a rail on a lie where do i get my reputation back where does anthony fauci get his reputation back well the answer is for people like you and for people like me he never lost his reputation yeah and among people like Sean Hannity, a liar. He never had it. Among those dickheads. He never had it. Yeah, so you it know, doesn't Sean matter. Hannity, the guy who probably was the fucking first in line to get a vaccine when they first came out. You I know love, it. I love the you conspiracies. Though. I love, there's probably the conspiracy. You know, he didn't either. There's like two conspiracies, I think, that are going to go come out of like either Biden didn't have COVID and they lied about it to get his poll numbers up. <laughs> or or they intentionally infected him with a very weak strain of it just so he'd get a little sick and get some sympathy from the american people and get a bounce in his approval rates (laughs) wait wait, i'm surprised that they haven't taken this track which is how come we never hear from biden's doctor (laughs) why isn't why are we hearing from fauci or ashish jha 
of people. Why can't we hear from Biden's? What is he hiding? I hear that what he took. The, I- what are they keeping from us about Joe Biden? You know, I, I hear. I hear that he took ivermectin. I, that's the reason he was able to recover from this thing. They won't tell you that. I just think that's that's the funniest. It's not that the accusation is worth exploring at all because it's it is truly it is too dumb to talk about. You're correct. What it says about them and how much it bothers them that this seventy this that, this old guy this old doddering fool that they try to make out you know he was somehow able to like beat this thing in just a few days because he's healthy and he was you know he was vaccinated. <laughs> they can't handle it. Love that. see here. Here's what they're they're incapable of saying this also, that Joe Biden's experience with COVID is now not the 100 percent rule, but it's almost the rule Mm -hmm. among people who have been uh, vaccinated and then double boosted that they followed the edicts of the CDC. And so they when they do pick up the virus it is much less likely to be very, very severe. It's much less likely to wind them up in the hospital. It's much, much less likely to put that person ultimately on a ventilator where they will die. They can't say that. They, they can't say that, isn't that great? Joe Biden followed the rule because, you know, Fox is still the, the anti-virus, the uh, anti-vaccination network. It's the home of people who are still against it. So they can't do that. They can't give medical science no. the credit. A win. Yeah. They can't, they do, can't it. do it. Can't do it. And they could do it, and they could inject Trump into that if they wanted to, but they can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't happen. Can't be done. This, All this right. Do- this doddering old fool that falls off of bicycles, uh, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong, I'm telling you. All right. Uh are you celebrating Overshoot Day? Oh, God. Bruce's managers talking ticket prices. Uh, Don says stop the steal. Now he's saying support the shield. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's do uh, let's do the Springsteen defense because, as you say, they're fighting back on these uh, – Outrageous uh, reports of four and five thousand dollar tickets. Uh, Springsteen's management saying that their prices were in line and that the eighty eight percent of people are paying less than a thousand dollars for these well, tickets. And well, I'm I'm sorry. I I I I think that is true. That that's a fact. Because, but here's yeah. the problem. Here's uh-huh. the problem. And 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 Springsteen years ago apparently was uh, up Ticketmaster's ass also because you know once Ticketmaster. Uh, started buying up uh, everything in the world and they're owned by Live Aid and they own StubHub and the blah, blah, that the, the, one of the Ticketmaster games was to, for instance, a concert like this, they would allow the funneling of way too many tickets over to StubHub, where Correct. it's essentially an auction, right? Correct. Right. Uh, and they get, a, they get a piece of that action. Right, right. That's what yeah, they yeah. do. They're, they're washing they their do. own hands. Uh, the the claim now, and I it's true. If, when if you look, if you look again, we have a concert right here. If you look at the prices uh, on the Ticketmaster site, at least they were as of two or three days ago. Um, right, what uh, what Landau is saying now? I'll give you. Uh, I'm buying some tickets for something in Las Vegas uh, later on this year, 
And, you know, when you buy tickets for anything in Las Vegas, you can buy them on every site in the world. Okay. Everybody mm-hmm. sells Las Vegas tickets to the same shit. And it's not important what I bought it to. It is it's important. Not, it's very it's important. Not important. But the, where I bought it was X and the identical ticket over on Ticketmaster was X plus 30%. Okay. Oh, there you go. 30% higher. Same ticket. So, you know, they they got nothing. They got nothing for me. But in this particular case, those seats that that went through the roof very, very quickly are, uh, it looks like to me, at best, maybe 10% of the available seats that are out there. Uh, Vegas is is sort of its own kind of ecosystem, though. If you go and you go see the the Adele residency, I mean, if you just stand – in the broom closet, that's five hundred dollars. You're you're going to pay a lot of money to see a show like that, one of the big headliners. The, and I, I just want to, in general, say I do not believe that Bruce Springsteen is a greedy bastard. I don't think he's out there, you know, shaking his fans out any more than anybody else is. I just, for the record, I'd like to say that. But you cannot defend the business practices of Ticketmaster over time. I mean, they're just indefensible. They're one of the most ethically challenged companies you can even imagine as far as just killing the consumer and providing really no service to the consumer whatsoever. Correct? Well, how could you get tickets any other way, Britt, if Ticketmaster didn't exist? What, it's, how did people even – nobody even attended anything before Ticketmaster was there to, to shepherd no, – the, the point that Landau, Bruce Springsteen's manager, is making, look, if you look at tickets for all other major – yeah, uh, events. Paul McCartney, or the, the Rolling Stones, or or anybody that's going around, the Springsteen ticket price is right in line with those. And I do agree. And I'm not turning Bruce Springsteen into any kind of victim here, okay? But I do agree with the idea that because Bruce Springsteen has this aura of being the working man, yeah, one of us, yeah, a real people person, that when this happens, he's going to get more shit. I mean, we we expect Mick Jagger to, to fuck us, okay? That's what <laughs> Mick Jagger does. But Bruce Springsteen, he's our guy. He's our guy. And and I think uh, you know, there's just no way out of that. So it's something he's been dealing with for you know forty odd years. You know that he's the he's Woody Gut he's the modern day Woody Guthrie or whatever. And would Woody Guthrie charge a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars for tickets? Sure, I, I I get it and I understand some of the criticism of him him personally. Like oh my god, how could you? And it's not him. I do get that. I I, I understand that. But people are very frustrated. This is not a competition. I, you know, I go back to the Pearl Jam days. God, they tried, but they lost. So the battle was really lost 27 years ago. You would think, as, as, as I've said previously, that the Internet has been able to engender competition and kind of break down these. Not with this. No. Not, no, not with this. This is as strong as it's ever been. No, well, because uh, once you have a product that, by definition, is limited supply and they can't make any more of them. Yeah. If, if somebody controls... Uh, the the means of production, distribution, and the financial uh, uh, part of it on both ends, then there's not going to be there's not going to be any kind of collapse. When you look at you look at like we we talk about the Greensboro Coliseum, which is one of it's a one of the major indoor arenas on the East Coast. Most a, a lot of the huge acts play it; they get paid well. They've signed you know they've signed an exclusive agreement 
with Live Nation Ticketmaster, and that's it. And they kind of have to in order to play ball and get the big X. They kind of have to do that, right? That's just the way the system has been set up. You can't go, eh, we, we'd like to be a, a free agent. No, you're not going to get the Garth Brooks, the whoever, the, well, the huge multi, the guys that sell out places like that if you don't sign the exclusive deal. Well, Britt, you know what happened, you know, back in the old days, back when you were a child, when I was a child, all right, young, uh, there were regional uh, players that were yeah. in management and did tickets all over the country. And I remember in Cleveland, it was the Belkin brothers, I think. There you go. And, and, you know, they all got bought out. Yeah, they all these people and their families probably live very, very well from the money that they collected when they finally threw in the towel, knew they couldn't compete. And um, that was that was the end of it. Um, you know, if you if you live long enough, everything monopolizes. The only thing that uh, it remains is the price, of course, of postage stamps. Well, and I, I mean, just to kind of drill down a little bit, we get into a situation. It really is true of any municipality. A lot of these places are still uh, catching up from COVID. You know, they weren't able to have shows in huge arenas like the Coliseum or Bon Secours down in Greenville or wherever. So they're still, you know, you got to hit some home runs. You're trying to make up for revenue because that's money that's going into the city and it's paying for firefighters and cops and streets and all and teachers and everything. So they're still trying to, you know, hustle and get big acts into there and try to sell a whole bunch of tickets. Speaking of like the big government flack that you are, justifying, <laughs> justifying. All right, uh, are, are you familiar with something called Overshoot Day? I don't know what this is. When you just said this a few moments ago, I'm not really sure what Overshoot is. It like Overstock.com because that guy was a Trump guy. Uh, the, yeah, the Overshoot.com guy is just as crazy as the Overstock.com. They're brothers. <laughs> uh, Overshoot Day is the day. When all of the resources that the planet can regenerate in a year have been used up and the rest of the year's consumption is what amounts to deficit spending. Uh, The date had been pushed out on the calendar to August 22nd in 2020 because of COVID shutdowns. In other words, remember all those uh, pictures of of uh, cities that had no pollution and because there was no traffic, there were no cars moving around. So. So that was a good year for the environment, but everything has now reversed, and we're all the way back here to uh, what is today, the twenty seventh, twenty eighth of July. So that we've we've gone backwards by a whole whole month. Okay, um, the, what's the worst place on Earth? Uh, Ecuador and Jamaica, or actually, those are the best places. They they don't get there until December. That's pretty good. So they're Ecuador and Jamaica, who thought? Um, it's even worse for Germany, May 4th. And the worst country it looks like on Earth is a gutter, gutter over there. February 10th. So uh, they get about a month of uh, not fucking over the environment of the world. And then the rest of the year, they're screwing over the rest of the world. Speaking of the, uh, the Middle East, have you seen those pictures of Trump sweating his ass off at his golf tournament? I love it. Yeah. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's just nothing worse. It's nothing better than to see that fat ass just covered and drenched in sweat. I love it. Uh, uh. All right. Um, let me. Here we go. The the latest Trump news that I see here. This is a this is stupid. This is not going to go anywhere. How many times do you have to lose in court before you figure out you're going to lose in court? Um. 
Trump and his attorneys, who are his attorneys now? Who is still repre- who who is still willing to represent Trump on the uh, uh, gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today theory of uh, of paying people that you owe that Donald Trump lives by? Uh, they're asking on behalf of Trump to give him total immunity against any civil lawsuits arising from what happened on January 6th. My God, they filed this in uh, the Court of Appeals in D.C., the uh, big D.C. circuit there. He wants to get a ruling reversed that said, no, we're not going to dismiss all those lawsuits. He wants that reversed. Fuck you. It's not going to happen. Nope. Remember what their, their defense of Trump is on this, saying that he should be shielded from all civil lawsuits, that the support the Steele rally was certainly unquestionably protected by presidential absolute immunity. Really? Really? So under that circumstance, Donald Trump can say anything at any time and incite any kind of riot. He can advocate that uh, in all 50 states, um, check around. If your governor is a Democrat, they should be assassinated by tomorrow. He can say that. They should be murdered. Get yourself a uh, an AR-15 and 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 take care of your governor. No, no, right? There's just nothing. He's not going to win this. He's not going to be immune. He's not going to be shielded from this shit. Because Britt, I don't know if you've you've seen it, but I see it over and over and over again. Do you know what one of the main pillars of defense for Trump is? That one line where he says, "Go in peace." <laughs> Go and go in peace. Wasn't go peacefully after- to the Capitol. So, and the, and the claim is that since the January sixth committee, in all the videos that you see, they never include that. They never include that part. Did he say go in peace before? I thought that was like way after that he said. No, yeah. no, he th- that that was in the video that he put out later. But yeah. while he, you know, at the at the actual speech that he made. The crazy, you know, you're never going to have a country if you don't believe He did say, let's peacefully march down to the Capitol. And, and the defense is that because he said that once, and you know that was a calculated thing to do, because we have morons in this country who will say, because he said that, that completely crushes everything else that he's said and that he's done and that he's tweeted that one sentence gives him full immunity. So what do they do? If you watch Fox, if they ever do bother to cover anything having to do with January 6th, they will pull that clip. They will only use that as the example of what a wonderful peace loving president Donald Trump is. Why are you picking on him? Why are there hearings? What happened on January 6th? That was so bad. So that's the dividing line. It's the the uh, new standard for out of context bullshit. Hmm. Okay, um, it's it's not going to work. He's, he's not going to lose. He's not going to win this at the appellate level, at the appeal level. So that's that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who who his lawyers are. I don't know who he can get to represent him anymore. No idea. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Maybe former North Carolina State Supreme Court Chief Justice Mark Martin mm-hmm. can start to defend him since uh, the former North Carolina Chief Justice Mark Martin, soon to be apparently 
the dean of a brand new law school being concocted out of thin air at High Point University, or as I like to have said, it's just what America needs, another third-rate law school. We're going to have one here. But it's and, gonna, on top of that, it's going to be like punitively expensive too. You're going to you're going to educate a lot of really oh, dumb yeah, lawyers. Yeah, it's going to be more than Duke. It's going to be more than Wake Forest. <laughs> it is, Absolutely, it is. yeah, it's going to be the best. Dude. They always have this. They've got this thing that they have like your debt ratio when it comes when you're coming out of law school. And I think Elon University is one of the worst in the country as far as your debt ratio when you when you actually get your law degree. This one's going to blow that away. This one will make that one look like a joke. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, and there was a great, a great editorial by the News and Record, full, you know, left side, unsigned, just blasting the shit out of High Point University, Nino Kubain, who runs that place, and Mark Martin, because they're not speaking. They're not speaking. Now, of course, a month ago, I wrote a letter to the editor, which appeared in the Sunday paper, brilliantly crafted by me, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, that that made the point that Mark Martin, he should be called in front of the January 6th committee. Maybe he already has been. We don't know about it yet. Why not? But shouldn't, why should he was a fucking lawyer who was on the phone with Trump, apparently the day before and the day of January 6th. <laughs> and that all adds up to, you know, the, the cowardice of, Mike Pence all the way up until one moment when he did something right. He's like, Mike Pence is like the Bucky Dent of, of <laughs> one moment, one home run. Right? <laughs> Other than that, what the fuck did Bucky, Bucky Dent ever do? He did nothing. All right. Well, it's not so true. Pence, remember, Pence was taking calls. He was considering. <laughs> he was wondering. He was checking to see, was there a way that I could help? president trump stay in office and thus i stay in office let me check let me call let me find out and then once he was convinced that it was just impossible that it couldn't be done then you know he did what he did which was the right thing but all these people who were were part of the gang for one year two years four years six years Yes, they did split at the last minute, but boy, you know, that's like, you know, if you if you left Hitler's bunker two hours before he put a bullet in his own head, are you a hero? <laughs> no. no. I'm just going to load this gun and leave it over here, and I got um, I got some pizza I got to go pick up. You, whatever happens over here, Fuhrer, it's on you. I'm, I'm out. I've had some German sausage on mine. All right, all right. I, I'm gonna go run and get it. But again, this gun is right here. If you need it to for any reason, wink, wink. 